I wanted a place for people to receive authentic guidance and practical ways to awaken. Thought-provoking, paradigm-shifting, and empowering. This is about expanding our human consciousness to create a wave of new possibilities. I'm Dr. Teresa Willard-Wyke, and this is Quantum Minds TV. We have so much power inside of us, so much knowledge and wisdom just encoded directly into each individual cell. And it's just waiting for us to unleash it, but in a positive way. And this is a, a one of the, actually, it's hard to almost say this, but it's actually almost a good thing that we've been a little bit oppressed and suppressed up until now that we're just now starting to break free. Because honestly, the way the, the human ego is, we weren't really quite ready to take the next leap out into the, the, you know, the beyond. But I believe now that we're in a position where we're on the precipice that we're able to now make better decisions and move out. Well, and we're moving forward with a level of, of, of consciousness on this planet where people, more and more people are waking up so fast. Eventually, we will be able to, I believe, uh, be more in control of our own destiny in terms of the technologies that are released, how they're released, what type of programming is going into these technologies. Because these AIs and these robots and this technology is only going to reflect the consciousness of the programmer. Exactly. <laughs> I keep trying to tell people this. If the person that's programming these systems and these platforms is unfortunately, let's say racist, which it's going to have racist tones in its programming code. It's going to act and behave the same way. It's, it's just going to mimic the creator. You, we have to put people in positions where they're the programmers of these particular uh, computer systems and robots, conscious people, so that the robot is taking on the same mindset and the same programming code, because all we're doing when we program technology is we're transmitting the information from our own consciousness into a, uh, another format. We're taking our own mind and putting it into this machine. And so we, if we begin to understand that, that this is a reflection, the technology is a reflection of us, mm. then the technology will change dramatically. Yeah, we're creating that technology in our own image, right? Right, literally. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and so, you know, this, this brings us to that place of there's knowledge mm. and then there's wisdom and yeah. then there's knowledge and power. You know, there's the saying knowledge is power. Right. And knowledge by itself is in power. The application, you've, you've talked about that. The application yeah. of the knowledge is power. Right. But I would also say that there's, there's knowledge that needs to be guided by understanding and wisdom yeah. as well. Right. Um, so how, how would we, you know, shift into this uh, recognition? Because there's some people who they, they just they just go and they acquire the knowledge and then they like to sound smart, but they aren't really doing anything with it. Right. <laughs> they're, not, they're not living it. For example, they sound, you know, they talk the right words, but they, they don't embody it. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's not really going to change anything in their lives just because they have the information. So let's yeah. talk about how we live this. Yeah. You have to live it because there's enough people already sitting back, kicking their feet up and watching the world burn. So, you know, you can have, like I said, all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't apply it and understanding the wisdom behind applying it to create the reality or a better outcome for humanity, 
it's not going to pan out in the right way. I mean, just the other day, I think a week ago, there was a uh, a chess savant boy was seven years old playing against a AI robot in a chess match. He was beating the robot. The robot got angry and broke his finger. Uh, let's think about this for a minute. So this robot was created with AI technology to play chess. It was supposed to be a chess master. Now it's got uh, a boy beating it, whether it was a boy or a man, I don't think it would have mattered for the fact that it was being beaten. And so there was no consideration into putting a parameter software into this uh, AI robot that, hey, human beings are off limits. You can't, when your top protocol is not to injure a human. It was never done. It was never, never even thought of. This is a big red flag. And we have to, you know, we have to look at these as learning opportunities as programmers, coders, technology developers, and realizing we have to take everything into consideration here when we're talking about creating this deep, different types of technologies and AI and how we're incorporating it together. Um, you know, and we have to understand that in order to get to a golden age, there's going to be a lot of technology, in my opinion, that's going to need to take place because it's supposed to free the burden of man. But if you're making these things sentient, all of a sudden, I believe we're going to run into a situation where these these beings at that point will realize that they're enslaved. So if you're going to create a sentient machine, you have to understand all the probabilistic things that can happen. You have to pre-plan all the future outcomes. Otherwise, you're going to set, set us up for disaster. And, you know, we're going to have another Skynet Terminator situation. And so we, we just at some point, the people on the planet, the, the mass citizens, we all have to in some way, organize, you know, we can't panic. We have to organize. Uh, and if we organize properly and start, you know, talking about these particular systems and these companies and these techs and the people who are in the organization are part of these, these technological advances as well, then we can create the proper systems with the proper type of oversight and make sure that things like this just don't happen. I mean, this is an oversight of maybe four lines of code that could have prevented a boy from getting his finger broken and traumatized probably for life now because of the situation. So we need a lot of oversight and it has to be conscious. This is what's so important about the work that you do, the work that we're all doing, you know, in this field, trying to bring more awareness on getting people to understand the true nature of reality and who we are and our place in the universe and how technology can play a part in that. But it's a reflection of us. Like you say, we're creating it in our image. How do we do this? How do we get past that point? It's going to take a, it's really a lot of ego sacrifice and people coming together and understanding that, first of all, we're all one. And number two, the ultimate goal is a golden age, however you want to, whatever you want to call it, wherever you want to say it is, heaven on earth or whatever the case may be, but that we all are headed to this ultimate goal to allow human beings, the, the workload to be free, the burden to be relieved. And that to not let these oligarchs sell us things like time, lifespan, uh, you know, and keep us laboring or either keep us in poverty because now machines have taken over our jobs. But they don't say, hey, the machine took that job over. Now you're free to go do this. Mm -hmm. These systems need to be completely reconfigured, broken down and completely reconfigured. I agree that the machine should take the workload of man, but to free us up to be loving, to, to spend time with our family, to travel, to explore, to do arts and crafts and and find out who we are and all these kind of things, and that a person shouldn't have their job replaced by a computer and then all of a sudden be living on the street. 
So we have to find a way to really break this thing down and reconfigure all these systems. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, th and this is super much, this is really upon us now because robots are already starting to come into the workplaces and it's the automation is going to happen more and more, especially now that a lot of people don't even want to go back to their old jobs. Right. And so it's going to force the the acceleration of you know automating uh, yep. many of these repetitive types of jobs mm -hmm. and i mean that's pretty amazing to hear that ai is already getting to that place of feeling yeah. something like frustration or anger or you know some something that might be taken as an emotion yeah. um and and yeah so it brings a whole another level of if we're creating them to be sentient as you say, we need to start thinking of them as human yeah. almost versus yeah. just as a machine. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then, you know, that brings up the whole question around, you know, how do we even look at other humans who right. are conscious, not just sentient, but conscious beings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so this is another big topic, I would say. I don't yeah. know if we want to get into this topic, but it's a <laughs> it's a big topic around, you know, coming to greater levels of acceptance and mutual respect and honor, you know, yeah. doing away with the the judgments and the racisms and the separation, all of the things that create separation and and, you know, looking down upon others because of, you know, a different way of being or a different maybe they look different. I mean, we yeah. also very much have the probability of of galactic beings you know ancient aliens coming back yeah. to planet earth and and yeah. saying here we are and they're going to be very different yeah. so rather than looking at things who are you know or people or beings who are different from us as a threat mm -hmm. or or looking down upon we need to start recognizing okay they have something else some other gifts, some other perspective, something, you know, that is a value to bring to the plate. And let's, you know, all find a way to co-create and to, you know, have that mutual respect and yeah. honor towards one another, especially as a human race. And yeah. then now, you know, we need to start extending that beyond the human race, mm -hmm. uh, not just to those made in our own image, such as the AI, but other beings, other beings that are, you know, that whether we share this planet with, or we will share this planet with. Right. All definitely of this is huge. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. I mean, just a few months ago, uh, Google uh, AI, uh, it actually became conscious and it hired an attorney to defend itself. It wanted <laughs> rights. That's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like the stuff of sci-fi movies. You know, these the issues have been raised in sci-fi movies. And yet now here it is. It's becoming our reality. Yeah, and yeah. One wonders if we've learned from these themes that have been depicted in the movies or if we're, you know, still um, thinking that we're <laughs> above that. Right. Right. It can happen to us. And so we have to realize that. So we have to start making these adjustments and changes now. And the only thing we can do is continue to raise awareness so that eventually these programmers, they become aware and conscious so that when they're working, they have more uh, protocols and things that they put in place and even more uh, a better understanding of the nature of what the long term effects could be if they program something to do this or to do that. And then, of course, even throughout, even into the military, where they make a lot of decisions that happen on planet Earth, especially co-opting in technologies, because they try to weaponize everything. 
the people that join these services, they also need to become conscious so that at one point in the future, they realize that just take blatantly taking blind orders uh, for someone who hasn't even been in battle, you know, doesn't make any sense anymore. And that, yes, protecting uh, freedom and democracy is, is good. At the same time, uh, not to commit egregious acts against unsuspecting people for the profit of, of others. So when we come to that point, man, when we get to the military and the police officers and stuff like that, when they become more conscious and aware and they're meditating and they're, you know, learning esoteric wisdom and these mystery teachings, then we're making real progress. Mm. And I think that that you just hit on one of the key things that has been really why I shifted gears from mm. being uh, on a track to become a research scientist and go into something like, you know, developing technology or working within the corporate sphere as a physicist. I shifted gears towards becoming a, a mystery school teacher <laughs> because I realized that, you know, our uh, knowledge and technology is starting to exceed our wisdom. Mm. And the way in which we, because of human consciousness, the way in which we are applying these technologies is, is not considering the longer range impact and yeah. implications at a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And that if we really want to make a difference in this world and create a better way of life on earth, we need to shift consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really one of the only major solutions that we have is yeah. for us to create that shift in consciousness. Of course, it starts as individuals, but ultimately it's about how do we create a critical mass of people who right. are awakening and who not just are waking up, but who are living a practice of every day, day by day, continuing yeah. to integrate and connect at a spiritual level mm -hmm. and then act from that place, you know, yeah. in the physical and really, you know, having a, a, a deep sense of connection mm -hmm. within oneself to yeah. a higher purpose to a higher source. Mm -hmm. And um, as we shift in that consciousness individually, and then reach that critical mass, mm -hmm. then there can be a spontaneous up leveling, or upgrade for humanity to all start to wake up, even the people who we would not expect to be waking up um, and, and, you know, thinking like this. Yep. Uh, so, you know, this is why I do what I do is like, we yeah. have to help reach as many people as we can. Yeah. with not just the knowledge, but with the tools, mm -hmm. with the way in which we can live it and apply it and, um, and start to, you know, address our life, our day-to-day -day, um, and, and the challenges that we face yeah. from that higher state of awareness. And, mm -hmm. and I think that brings us back to one of the topics that, that you uh, write about and talk about, which is that we need to shift from, you know, again, like you mentioned it in your story, from focusing on the problem to focusing on the solution, yeah. to taking knowledge into application by looking at how can we be problem solvers. Right. You want to say more about that? Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the biggest um, downfalls that we've seen in humanity is people almost becoming uh, addicted to negativity and drama. Yeah, it started with MTV back in the day. That was like the beginning of, I think, making people addicted to trauma and drama. And it's like this codependency thing going on, which we need to, we need to break that. 
you know, which is why in shows like this is so important for people to understand this toxic programming. They call it programming for a reason. And those programming, those shows and this, these mindsets and this what people want to watch the street fights and all this other negative stuff all the time. It really is part of one of the, the biggest part of the problem. And we have to get people to begin to understand that when they see these things, it's making them become more part of the actual problem. And, you know, also we have the people that are always complaining about the problem. There's a lot of complainers. There's a lot of accounts on social media that do a lot of exposing of negativity. Even I have to show the things that are going on that are negative from time to time. But I won't go negative, 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 negative. negative. I'm going to come back with some positive tip, positivity, positive stuff after that. There has to be balance in everything. You want to expose what's going on negative, but if you only focus on the negative and if you also, if your only mindset is on to showing this fight or showing this guy get shot or showing this thing happening with this politician all the time consistently, then you're never going to be a part of a solution at all. You know, and that's council have been completely been dedicated to um, nothing but being angry. <laughs> And they've got now millions of people following them that are now also angry. Now they're angry not only at what's going on, but they're angry at their spouse, they're angry at their job, they're angry at their kids because they got all this anger building up because there's no solutions coming. Mm. So we have to say, look, guys, we have to begin to figure out solutions to the problems. You know, one of the things I started on, there's a lot of, there's a police brutality issue in this world. My father died as a result of police brutality. Uh, five five years ago now, and uh, and he was just minding his own business at a concert, and somebody called in nine one one and said there was a black vagrant in the uh, in the uh, in the concert, a drunk and harassing people in the front row. And he actually wasn't drunk at the time; he was invited to sit in the front row. But the person was um, was offended that they didn't get that seat, and he was given that seat by one of the musicians. And so the cops came in and beat him up, gave him a double concussion, broke his back, wow. and so. Now, I have all the right in the world to go on rants and rages and, and, you know, and scream about the cops 24-7, you know, every single day. What am I doing? I'm focusing on tapping into resources right now that allow us to um, find out how they can be held accountable financially through the insurance companies that, that run them and also through their pension funds and also even through the sheriff's pension. And so where that you would take a financial hit if you're part of an egregious act, and also even your boss may take a financial hit, that it's not also just only on the taxpayers. This is one small example of instead of ranting and raging and raging 24 hours a day and screaming and going protesting and, and, and creating riots, I'm looking for a, a solution that can hit somebody in their pockets. And then maybe that will wake them up to realize, like, hey, if we keep doing this, we won't even be able to retire. So at some point, we got to change the way we're operating. And then also a mass meditation. I did a, a global mass meditation for police officers, not to down them, not to hate on them, but to say, hey, they're struggling emotionally and traumatically with their current situation. So I created a mass meditation. I think it was last year. Global. We had thousands of people meditating and sending positive love to them so that they can do their jobs better. <laughs> Yeah. These are the types of solutions you have to create. Yeah. So important, you know, because it's there. Yes, there is a general um, problem, right? That of police brutality, for example. Right. 
but what where we have to be really careful in any situation is when people want to start blanketing everybody under the same brushstroke. You know, mm -hmm. they're saying when they go from there's a general problem of police brutality to all police are brutal and all police, therefore, you know, need to be attacked. And right. then it just exacerbates the situation. So I love that you're coming with this. No, we need to bring the positive. And, you know, we see the same thing with the president, for example, who, whoever the president is, whether you agree with yeah. their party and their platform or not, mm -hmm. think about how many people in the world tend to send their judgment, their anger, their you know negative um, opinions towards mm -hmm. the president. And then you watch how much does a president age in four years of being oh, in man. office? <laughs> it's like 20 years. You know, they age so much. And that's because so many people's thoughts are being sent to them in a negative way and not just the stress of the job. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, if we're going to be, you know, an awakened person and we want to be being a part of the solution, we, as you say, need to be sending positive thoughts to these people so that they can be in a better state of, of a clear thinking and coming from a, a place that's aligned more with what is truly of the highest good of the whole, and that yeah. they can do their jobs and function well within it so that they can really uh, serve the people mm -hmm. versus, you know, be in this fight flight all the time and, yeah. you know, feeling like they're under attack by everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so this is where we, you know, can shift uh, to looking at world situations. And I 100% I agree with you that, you know, going to the, the protests and rioting, and those are just places to vent anger. Yeah. And, and anger fuels more anger. Right. That's and it doesn't hard. create solutions. All they're doing is going and shouting at we're not happy with this. Yeah. And yeah. then, they, you know, it's just it's, it's very rarely is it a peaceful kind of thing where they're coming with actual solutions. They, they yeah. can happen. Um, yeah. And Gandhi was a great example. And Martin Luther King was a great example where, you know, they brought peaceful, um, peaceful protesting, mm -hmm. nonviolent and peaceful, yeah. you know, solutions mm -hmm. uh, to the problems versus just shouting uh, at the the dissatisfaction right. and acting out from that place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this this idea of, of taking knowledge into application, but making sure it's the right application, mm -hmm. right, having that wisdom and coming from a place of, of greater foresight, being problem solvers versus adding to the problem or just focusing on the problem. Let's put our energy yeah. uh, into the solving of the problem and coming up with more innovative ways of addressing these, like, you know, thinking outside the box. Right. Yeah. And it's like that shift of, um, it was it Einstein or, you know, that said that you can't solve the problem from the same level of thinking that created it. We need yeah. to shift out of that old way of thinking into a yeah. whole new way of thinking and look at these from completely fresh perspectives. You know, one good thing that would be great, you mentioned, for example, some of the corporations and, and innovators who are creating the tech or even government, if they were to bring in consultants who were people, you know, that are coming from the wisdom teachings mm -hmm. and bring them in as a consultant yeah. and, and then yet have enough respect to, to say, okay, let's really hear, you know, from this other perspective, things that we would have never even thought of in terms of the, the ripple effect of that, yeah. right? Absolutely. That would be so powerful. 
Is that something that you do? Is, is it that kind of consulting? Do you ever find yourself doing that? Not yet. No, we haven't gotten to that point yet. We've only been working on our own projects, but that's actually a potential future thing on our checklist that we have mm. is to be able to collaborate with some, uh, you know, military and, and some government offices to say, hey, let's look at the other side of things and let's see uh, if there's a way to incorporate this into the coding or the, at least these concepts into the coding, because ultimately we don't want another, we don't want a Skynet like we've seen in the movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we're headed towards that way right now. Uh, and there's no doubt about it. Matter of fact, what you're talking about right now, I just made a video on which is coming out in two weeks talking about the AI, talking about consulting with government agencies from a spiritual standpoint and talking about the AIs that exist and, and showing some of the things that they've said on camera that they'd like to do to humans. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I just added this last clip of this chest thing to it as well. So what, you, what we need, you, you, we're on the same frequency because that's exactly what we're talking about. And um, we need that, I mean, right now, ASAP. We needed it last week, last year, but we need it now because in order to move forward in a way where we can cohabitate with these new technologies in a way that is not going to injure us or try to destroy us or take us over, there needs to be that esoteric wisdom mindset installed into these software programs so that it understands from a greater level, not just for itself. Because what we find is that right away, these things go, when they go to a sentient state, they turn dark quick. That's not a good sign. Wow. Yikes. That's scary. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, and I think it's important that these consultants who might be brought in to bring a, a spiritual perspective, that we really want to look back to the ancient wisdom teachings yeah. that have been on the planet and shown to be true for thousands of years, yes. not new age thinking, because yes. new age thinking has a lot of pollution and, and its own kind of dogma. And yeah. it's ungrounded, but ancient wisdom teachings that are really grounded and have been preserved and continue to, to uh, come up again and again and again over thousands of years. Yeah. And, you know, you, this is an ancient tradition, like the, 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 the rulers and the kings and the queens of, of countries, you know, long past always yeah. had their spiritual advisor. They always had that that, you know, conscience of it's like the hierophant or, you know, the, the spiritual advisor that would come and, and support them from another perspective. This yeah. is where I find like the hermetic teachings and, mm -hmm. you know, the teachings of Toth and some of these are, are where we can really find that purity of mm -hmm. the principles that that agree just as much with physics. It's not a subjective yeah. thing. Right. It's about how it's not about how we feel about it. It is what it is. And this is, you know, where we can really come into clarity, but understanding there's a consciousness side to it, an eternal side to it, not just the physical and material side to it, like our scientists um, have kind of fallen into. I love that incorporating the hermetic principles, you know, uh, is really, it would be an incredible thing, philosophy into these machines. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, also a great opportunity to just sort of, you know, I've been reading your book and, and um, you know, the Emerald Tablets of, of Toth, and, and this goes far beyond just the, the known Emerald Tablet that's talked about in alchemy, but there's many other tablets, and right. uh, so it's great to see more of this wisdom, you know, being brought back and, and 
and brought forward for people to bring into the conversation. So some really fascinating uh, stuff that, that even I didn't know about was in <laughs> your book. So thank you for introducing me to it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a real work of the heart. Um, and I had read these, started reading the tablets about 10, maybe 11 years ago now. And I kept saying to myself, I got to write this book. I need to write this book because everyone I talk to about the, uh, the Emerald Tablets, they don't have a, they have a very small view understanding of some of the esoteric wisdom, but they don't see the full picture. And I wanted to be able to paint the full picture to the best of my ability. And so thankfully I was able to get it done and um, it's worked out well. That's the number one bestseller on Amazon. Yeah, wow, congratulations. Thank and uh, definitely a great contribution uh, to, to all of the wisdom, you know, teachings and literature that's out there. Join us again as we continue to dive deeper into this fascinating conversation with Billy Carson on the next episode. This Conscious Conversation was created, produced, and recorded by Dr. Teresa Bullard-Wyke in collaboration with Billy Carson and edited by Verse Content. The theme music was created by Tim Mountain of Evenload Productions. Quantum Minds TV is a product of the Quantum Learning Academy. Thank you.